Are we ready? Are we ready to go? I think we might be ready to go. In that case, why don't we let uh, sort of Senator Ted Cruz open the show? Sort of Ted? Take it. Senator Ted here. If there were just one reason for me to leave Texas and live in Delaware, it would be to listen to Mike Opelka on WPHT. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's not Ted Cruz. He never said those words. Never. Never in his life. But it's a big topic today. We're going to talk about artificial intelligence and the threat it is, uh, it is creating. The problem that is looming in the very near future, as we have elections coming up, Wendy Patrick, our attorney friend, is going to join us to talk about what in the wide, wide world of sports is going on with this technology. And I just imagine there's going to be a whole lot of legal action and maybe some legislation to prevent deep fakes. Listen to that again. I took a little bit of a Ted Cruz speech, about 40 seconds of it, and I put it into an AI computer and then I wrote a script for the robot Ted to say. And he delivered it. It's nine seconds of Ted Cruz, but it's not Ted Cruz. Senator Ted here. If there were just one reason for me to leave Texas and live in Delaware, it would be to listen to Mike Opelka on WPHT. That's true. Yeah, that's just one reason. And Saturday nights, I'm usually on from 7 to 10. This week, I think it's uh, shortened. But Monday... I'll be on WPHT in Philadelphia with Nick Kale and Dawn Stenslin. And then Monday night and Tuesday night from 5 to 8 p.m., I'll be in for Trey Radel on Talk Radio 92.5 Fox News Radio out of Fort Myers, Naples. You can find it at uh, writeallalong.net. They stream it at writeallalong.net. And I appreciate all of you for following me around on my antics. All right, Friday, Luya to you. It is a Friday. There's a lot of weird news, a lot of strange news. There's Biden news. There's balloon news. There's all kinds of news. And we got Joe Biden's physical results yesterday. But there wasn't a Q&A. There wasn't a press opportunity for the media to grill the president's doctor. There was just a statement put out that uh, water carriers like CNN were very happy to read to, to, I guess, get the party message out there. This is how CNN covered Biden's medical news, the results of his physical. We got memo from the president's physician related to that visit to Walter Reed. Those results say President Biden remains, quote, healthy and vigorous. Uh, it also says that he is fit to successfully execute the duties of the presidency. So a good news report for the president. There's no signs it would be anything other than that. Why didn't they just call him dear leader? That really sounded like something out of a North Korea propaganda agency. Yeah, we got the uh, report here. Why don't you be a little inquisitive like they had Dr. Siegel over at Fox News yesterday talking about uh, Joe Biden's annual physical, which was delayed because why? Well, we weren't told. But there's some other things we weren't told either. This physical exam is more significant for what it leaves out than what it actually tells us. Yeah, what is not being told to us may tell us a whole lot.
And it tells us he's got allergies, he's got reflux, he's got spinal stenosis in his spine, he has arthritis in his spine. And they're trying to say on this physical something that we've been talking about for a year, which is where's the stiff gait he has coming from? And they're saying it's coming from peripheral neuropathy, meaning loss of sensation in his feet, which they don't know where that's coming from, and arthritis in the spine. Here's my problem with that. They're basing that on a physical examination of multiple doctors, but no MRI. I don't see anywhere in there about an MRI. Since the 1980s, I want to tell you, Dr. O'Connor, we don't just examine patients extensively and say no multiple sclerosis, no stroke, you know, n- no problems with water on the brain that could be causing cognitive problems. We do an MRI. Where's the MRI? Yeah, where's the MRI? I would like to know that. I'd like to know if my president had been thoroughly examined or if they just did kind of a once-over. He's 80 years old. He's shown some serious problems. Dr. Siegel had more to say. Where's the cognitive test? We have a cognitive error a day, at least, from this president, who the other day said 20,000 pounds of fentanyl was enough to kill 1,000 people. How about 4 billion people? Or he calls Kamala Harris the president, or he forgets a congressperson's name, or one that has died, he thinks is in the audience. I mean, this is really extensive, and it's getting worse. His own son, who he named the cancer moonshot after, he says died in Iraq. So many things in Joe Biden's brain that appeared to be short-circuiting. So many times he's forgotten things or screwed things up that our friends over at Grabian, which is a great, great group to follow on Twitter, Grabian, uh, they've put together a montage of Joe not remembering names, just the names. And these are like people who work for him in his cabinet. I'd like to, uh, the attorney general is here. General Garland, Javier, Mr. Secretary, you can come up too. I'm a- uh, it's Javier Becerra. Do you have a problem because the name is different and you can't pronounce names that are different from names like Joe and Jill? Hmm. Well, I'll let him continue because there's a whole lot more. Watching on television, you've been really good. I'm going to hand it over to uh, Secretary Be- Mr. Secretary, I'm going to have you speak now. I want to thank the the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him general, but my my uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I want to make sure we thank the secretary. I want to thank all of our distinguished guests that are here today: the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, the the sec- secretary of the uh, of the. Uh, uh, Secretary Austin and the FEMA administrator who's become the MVP here these days. I spent a lot of time in this room. Uh, uh, Griswell uh, of FEMA and the, the entire workforce. And the chair of the FCC, uh, uh, Leon, uh, excuse me, Lena uh, Khan. Is it Leon or Lena? Well, in this administration, you never know because they may have transitioned by the time you got to the uh, the podium. This is only halfway through the montage. Only halfway through the embarrassing montage of Joe Biden not being able to remember the people who work directly under him. Not being able to remember his cabinet members, his secretary of defense, his attorney general. And it was uh, less than a month ago at the um, celebration of Dr. King Day that uh, Joe forgot the name of the uh, 
daughter-in-law of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. That's right. It was her birthday, and Joey decided he would sing Happy Birthday, but he kind of blanked on the name. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Alan. Happy birthday to you. It's embarrassing. And why do you think China and all of our opponents around the world, all of our enemies are testing us? Because this guy is broken. And we are not monitoring him. No cognitive tests that we were told. No MRI, as Dr. Siegel reported. This is a problem. It's a big freaking problem. But no one's going to say anything about it, are they? Is it because they don't want to risk losing control because Joe Biden will do whatever they say? Or is it because they know somebody else is in charge? They know that there's somebody, maybe a shadow president out there. If I could make an arrangement where... Yeah. Um, I had a, I had a, a stand-in, a front man or front woman, and, and they had an earpiece in, and I was just in my basement in my sweats mm-hmm. looking through the stuff, and then I could sort of deliver the lines, but somebody else was uh, doing all the talking and ceremony. Wow. I, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, apparently uh, all the Democrats would be. It is stunning. Stunning that, A, we allowed the president to delay his physical And then we barely get a post-it note saying, oh, he's good. He's okay. He's got this. He doesn't have this. He's challenged. He's broken. Speaking of broken, what is it with Democrats? Uh, Yesterday, John Fetterman, the Democrat senator, one of the Democrat senators from Pennsylvania, the guy who had a stroke just a few days before the primary and then didn't tell anybody, and really didn't campaign and didn't debate Dr. Oz and was elected anyway because Democrats will vote for a vegetable. Fetterman, who was in the hospital just two weeks ago because he was lightheaded, still has complications from his stroke, really shouldn't be, in my opinion, in office, but, you know, he was voted in there by the voters of Pennsylvania, has checked himself into the hospital for clinical depression. Let's hope he gets help. Ted Cruz put out uh, a call for for uh, Fetterman to heal, and that was great, Senator Cruz. That was the real Senator Cruz, not the fake one I played earlier. But just think about this. You have John Fetterman in the hospital for mental issues, depression. You have the other senator from Pennsylvania, Senator Casey, who is currently recovering from surgery on Tuesday for prostate cancer, who is representing the state of Pennsylvania? I think Casey will recover. They've made massive strides in treating prostate cancer, and we hope he gets well. But in terms of Fetterman, he's had serious issues still lingering from the stroke. I have said all along, I don't think he is long for the job. I'm betting that he will resign and his wife will be appointed. It feels like that's been the plan all along, doesn't it? Feels like it to me. I could be wrong.
Could be very, very wrong. Uh, the other big story of the day, uh, of course, we're still trying to figure out when we're going to get the actual truth about the balloons, whether or not they're spy balloons, weather balloons, hobby balloons. Why do we spend a, a half a million dollars shooting down a balloon when we could have taken it down with the machine guns mounted on our fighter jets? Why did we have to use those $480,000 sidewinders on a damn balloon? And I wonder what the pilots are saying. All their conversations are recorded like police body cams. I wonder if we're ever going to hear that story. It's saying, hey, dude, it's a balloon. Should I really shoot this down? Yeah, you should. We still don't know the deal on the Chinese balloon, which spent a week flying over the country, sensitive military areas. Then we shot it down in the ocean so we could decide really how much we would say we actually found. Yeah, it's troubling. But then the train story, I think, is still the biggest story. The train story. And there are derailments all over the country. Some are minor, and then some are major, like you've seen in East Palestine. And like we saw outside of Houston a couple days ago. And like we saw outside of uh, Detroit a couple days ago. The Detroit train didn't leak any chemicals, but one car had them. The Houston train... I don't believe had any dangerous chemicals, but the train in Ohio is a massive disaster. And the Biden administration has tried to slough it off. Why? Is it because of the politics of the region? Is it because a Republican governor? On Wednesday or Thursday, FEMA told Ohio, well, it's not a traditional disaster, so we're not going to be there to support you. FEMA has tents the size of a Walmart on the southern border saying, welcome to America, to the people breaking the laws to come into our country. You cannot support the people of Ohio? What the hell is wrong with you? And then you have the transportation secretary who is diminishing the crisis. Actually, trying to say, oh, this happens all the time. While this uh, horrible situation ha has gotten a particularly high amount of attention, there are roughly 1,000 cases a year of a train derailing. Yeah. There are uh, roughly cases of uh, flat tires everywhere, too, in this country. But it's the ones that flatten the tires, spin the car out, and hit a school bus and kill 40 children that are the ones that need the most attention. This guy is absolutely worthless. And I, I called him the transportation secretary. He's, um, he's not because he doesn't show up to stuff like this. But yesterday, Corinne Jean-Pierre used the name that we usually use with him. This stunned me. I can answer that very quickly and very uh, with, with, quick, with confidence from here that we do have uh, absolute confidence in, in Mayor Pete. Oh, wait, what? What did you say? We do have uh, absolute confidence in, in Mayor Pete. Yeah, Mayor Pete. And then she had to correct herself. Like she said, Canada the other day. It is a cacistocracy. It is a government by the worst possible individuals. Get this solved. Get those people taken care of. These are not people of wealth. These are people who are struggling to get by. These are people who actually needed their government to be there for them. These are people who needed the government to step in and help them. 
help them get their their environment back on track. Maybe they should send the vice president, you know, Kamala Harris, because she is uh, she's big on water policy. Remember, she told us last week, these people, they're worried about their drinking water, the water they bathe their babies in, the water they're going to plant their vegetable gardens in with and water their plants and the dirt and all that stuff. But Kamala, well, she told us she's big on water policy. I love water policy. I confess I am a water policy geek. <laughs> I think it's it's so important, right? Like we could just geek out right here, the three of us, right? We agree that it is it is an essential component to life. And we also agree it is precious. Yeah. Thanks, Einstein. So if she believes that, why isn't Joe deploying her right now? Because maybe it's political. I don't know. It's very disturbing to me. Very disturbing. Almost as disturbing as yesterday when Joe came out to finally give answers on the balloon that we shot down, the China balloon, and then kind of skirt the issue on the other three objects. They were objects, we were told, uh, that uh, Joe was shouted at by some reporters who wanted to ask questions about China and the family's business dealings in China. And, and Joe was mad. He got mad that reporters were shouting at him. Well, maybe, sir, if you would have a press conference, maybe if you would actually permit the press to do their job instead of saying sending your robotic press secretary out to tell us absolutely nothing. I have nothing for you on that. I refer you to the president's counsel. Maybe the reporters wouldn't start to feel frustrated like they are. Joe actually defaulted to his give me a break man response when the reporters tried to get him to address the issues, not just of China, but his family's relationships with China. Sir, there's been criticism. There's been criticism that this was. There's been criticism that this. Sir, Mr. President, Mr. President, there has been criticism. Mr. President, there has been criticism that this was an overreaction that was done because of political pressure. You turn my off and ask the question. We have more polite people. Mr. President, why have you chosen Poland for your trip to mark anniversary of the war? And what's your message? What? He stopped to listen and then walk away. He looked at one of the reporters asking him about his family's ties to business in China. And he said, you can come to my office and ask me when there are more polite people around. I'm sorry, sir. You don't get to demand the press be polite to you. The press is supposed to have an adversarial relationship with the authorities. That's the way the country was set up. That's the way the founders meant it to be. That was probably one of the most disturbing moments yesterday. One of the most disturbing moments I saw. But for Joe to default to give me a break, man. You've had a break for the last six decades in politics, sir. An absolute break. And we're supposed to believe what Cringe said about Joe Biden a couple days ago about him being the best communicator in the White House. That played a greater strength 
some where he probably isn't as strong, etc. I will tell you this. The president is the best communicator that we have in the White House. You're kidding me. There needs to be a giant laugh track that's played every time you hear that. Because I automatically default to Joe on the White House lawn when he was introducing Katenji Brown Jackson, soon to be a Supreme Court justice. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him in a foot, foot. Yeah, exactly. The best communicator in the White House. It is an embarrassment, and it also shows the world that we're weak. We're absolutely weak. So many things I want to get to. There's so many other news stories of the day today. I may not get to all of them in the podcast. We will talk about them tomorrow when I'm on the radio Saturday evening in Philadelphia starting at 7 p.m. You can listen on the Odyssey app on 1210 WPHT. Uh, Vermont, Vermont proving its woke bona fides. They're set to become a sanctuary state for people that want to mutilate children so they can say they're affirming their gender. It's absolute stupidity. Good for you, Vermont, you idiots. That's that's a little bit of a sarcastic approach on that. So don't say Michael Pelka's happy, but he's not. I just talked about myself in the third person. That's terrible. Uh, we'll be uh, monitoring everything as it relates to what's happening in East Palestine. And I hope that everyone who's announced for president shows up there. Every person who's running should be there. Donald Trump should show up. Nikki Haley should show up. John Bolton should show up. Mike Pence, who's anticipated to announce, he should show up. Everybody who has a presidential wish should get there. The other story I'm watching, there apparently is another claim about the Biden administration bombing the Nord Stream 2 pipeline as we approach the um, second anniversary of the, actually it's the first anniversary, the end of the first year, start of the second year of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. That's next week. So uh, save the date, the 24th. And Joe's going to be in Poland, hmm, which is next door to Ukraine, which was invaded by Russia a year ago. Is he going to Poland to visit Ukraine on the anniversary? It sure feels like it. It really does. Very disturbing, very concerning. All right, I am stepping aside for a quick minute. I talked about artificial intelligence. And so we're going to get attorney and author Wendy Patrick in here to talk about the AI stuff and where this is going. Plus... The stupid statement by Don Lemon, he was not at work on Friday. He had a day off on Friday. What a shock after he put both his feet in his mouth at the same time as it relates to Nikki Haley and telling her that she's past her prime. Sexist much? How does he still have a job? It is astounding, is it not? All right, uh, we'll talk legal stuff, questions on age, age limitations, age restrictions, and artificial intelligence next on the Pure Opelka podcast. Our friend Wendy Patrick is joining us. Wendy is not only a friend, and she is a great friend, but she's also an incredible attorney, an author, a public speaker. 
She writes terrific stuff in psychology today and a musician, a true Renaissance woman. I, I don't mean to put a gender on you, Wendy, but, you know, I figured you're probably okay with that. <laughs> you bet I am. It's always a pleasure to join you, Mike. <laughs> I have so many questions. <laughs> the, our, our world is swirling with all kinds of legal issues. I've got one. Well, I'm going to let you pick what goes first. I've got one that deals with a restaurant that has put a new rule in place. I've got another story about Don Lemon and could he be facing more than just a PR backlash? And then I want to bring up the topic of deep fakes and artificial intelligence and how long before this gets its own legal specialization. No, it sounds great. Okay, so you make the call. Where do you want me to go first? Whichever one you think is the easiest. Okay, I would imagine this would be easiest. There's a restaurant in New Jersey that has decided to put an age limit on who can come into the restaurant. So... Kids that are 10 and under are not allowed to be in the restaurant. They are trying to make it a more adult-friendly environment. And so, therefore, the children are invited to stay home. Now, uh, what bothers me, if you tell me this is perfectly legal, I'll understand it. But what bothers me is 20 years ago, I had this idea. I wanted to start a chain of restaurants called BFD, Baby Free Dining. And this came... After so many dinners were ruined by uh, a, a parent who was not attending to their child who was screaming in the dining room of a restaurant. And the parents would just like point to the kid and go, terrific, right? You know, like this is my kid. Listen how they're good at vocalizing and yelling. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I went home and I said, I got to get I got to get an investor. We got to start these all over the country. You can go out tonight, BFD, baby free dining. And of course, of course, you have the BFD thing, which everybody will remember too. It was, I should have gone on Shark Tank, Wendy. But it, okay, it, Mike. So I have a couple of ways to commit this one. You know, of my love of cruising. Now, there are adults only cruises, there are lots of businesses that cater to this idea. What really makes this one stand out is it's a restaurant. It's, it's, it's kind of different than some of the experiences that you and I have had with adult-only areas, adult-only pools. This restaurant bans children, and talk about age, and we're going to be talking about age in another story here tonight, but it bans children under 10. When I first read the story, I wondered, how did you come up with age 10. Now, what do you think, Mike? Are, are, is 10 the right age where kids, uh, what do they suddenly stop misbehaving when they're 10? Or is it children under five? Or is it really an issue of banning children or banning bad behavior? Because after all, I mean, adults engage in worse behavior than children most of the time. So is 10 the right number? Well, I don't know. I know some 10-year-olds that are fairly uh, fairly well-behaved, can actually read a menu and make a decision. And, I, and articulate. Yes. Articulate and smart and creative. <laughs> That's right. right. And I know some 20-year-olds who are completely incapable of behaving well, especially after a cocktail or two. So it seems yes. to be random and capricious and maybe the owner of the restaurant threw the dart. But as the purveyor 
and hit the number 10 on the dartboard. Uh, as the purveyor, mm. as the restaurateur, are you not allowed to set an age limit for your clientele? Well, remember, you know, private businesses have all kinds of limits about who they will and won't let into the business. Remember, during the pandemic, there were some restaurants that were saying, we're not going to let you in if you've been vaccinated. Unvaccinated only. No masks allowed. Remember those? Oh, yeah. And they would say, hey, you know, we're not a government building. You know, this is, you know, we do our own thing. What I thought was interesting with this rule uh, is the rationale. You know, as a lawyer, I always thought, what's the rule and what's the rationale for the rule? In a comment, because as you can imagine, when this went online, their Facebook post, they got over 5,000 shares and 19,000 reactions. And in a post comment, the restaurant said, kids were running around in circles while we're trying to carry food and drinks. It's, made our, it's making our jobs really difficult. And I thought to myself, 10-year-olds? Are 10-year-olds really running around in restaurants? I, I just seemed a little old to me for that behavior. I don't know. I, maybe not. And, and you can imagine I've seen adults behave the same way, but it almost seemed to be more about the behavior. So it just kind of got me thinking in terms of your question, what can restaurants ban and who can they ban? A lot of the time, I think they might do better in the court of public opinion when they're targeting behavior, not people. I don't know. That's just me. Well, if you say, you know, rambunctious behavior will not be tolerated, you'll be asked to leave, then now you have to have a rambunctious behavior cop. That's right. You have to define rambunctious. That's right. So you, I think this is genius <laughs> to create a, a gate that says 10 years old and uh, 10 and under, you got to go home and have a, uh, a pizza party at home. And I think that's... Well, hey, how do, you, how do you prove age? There's one for you. Well, you're supposed to bring your birth certificate or do the parents vouch? You put some. You put them under oath. Do that. You swear them in. So that, that's another issue. How do you prove how old your kids are? That's a great <laughs> point. No one's going to be able to police this. Oh yeah, he's just short. He's short for his age. He's eleven. That's right. right. Now. That's like, and you don't have driver's licenses that young, so it's not like getting into a bar when you're underage. How do you prove? I mean, there, you know, I well, could go. We, you and I could go on and on about this. It's really, really a fun story to discuss. There are Democrats who would like ten-year-olds to give be given the right to vote. So maybe they'll to be vote. Able to- oh, that's. Can show, they vote? Okay. show their voter ID cards before in order to get into the restaurant. Yeah, right. I, I suspect this is going to be a story we'll we'll hear a resolution about soon. But it just makes me wonder: Did I miss the boat with BFD? Baby free dining would have been just fabulous. I think I could see him everywhere. All right, let's get to the other side of the age story. Don Lemon over at CNN, the guy who lost his primetime show. A while back, a couple months back, because, well, let's face it, it wasn't doing well. He was failing miserably. Don Lemon put his foot in his mouth. Not a place um, unfamiliar. That shoe leather is regularly tasted by Don Lemon. Uh, He was uh, talking about and reacting to the Nikki Haley idea of giving uh, mental tests to all politicians 75 years and older to make sure that their mental capacity was up to snuff. For the job, and I'm sure Nikki Haley was holding up pictures of Joe Biden when she made this claim. But Don Lemon quickly took all of the focus off Biden and put it on himself when he said this. This whole talk about age makes me uncomfortable. I think that I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and Maybe 40s. What do you that's talk, not according, wait. I, that's not according to me. Prime for what? 
Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll. If you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say twenties, thirties, and forties. I don't necessarily. Forties. Oh, I got another. I'm not saying decade. I agree with that. So I think she has to be careful about saying that you know politicians aren't in their I think prime. You need, need to qualify. Are you talking about prime for like childbearing, or are you talking about? So the two women on the set with Don Lemon, the two ladies who are part of his show, immediately started defending. Nikki Haley, which, you know, I didn't expect any defense of Nikki Haley anywhere on CNN because Nikki's a conservative and most of the people there are liberals. But I, I find it funny that Don Lemon immediately, when he found himself in that hole, thought that if he just kept digging, he'll get out. So when you when you talk about age, everybody gets pretty sensitive. And what's the reason for that? We don't have 18 and 21 year olds running for office. Uh, you do in some in some uh, small cities and sometimes they become mayor. We all have stories of those 18-year-olds that, uh, that take that post. But for the most part, they're people that have life experience. Um, they make good jurors, too. You know, people with life experience end up being the ones that run for things. And to, to put age into the mix can fail on both ends. Okay, you heard the Don Lemon clip. Remember that Nikki Haley, she wants competency tests for politicians over 75. That's part of why she's getting so much press. Now, I know you would probably say no such thing as bad press except your own funeral, and some people would probably even think that was good press. But is that something that has now put her in the spotlight, or is it something that people are now maybe getting a little bit defensive themselves as all of us continue to age day after day? You know, somebody once pointed out um, a couple of years ago, I never forgot it, you're never as young as you are right now. And I've thought about that every day, like, well, I'm a little older now than I was when I heard that statement. But that maybe make people a little bit sensitive thinking about the aging process. Oh, yeah. Everybody gets sensitive when you talk about age. But when it comes to politicians, people with whom we entrust power, money, all kinds of control over our lives, I think it's fair for us to want a competent person with a working brain in that spot. And that's why I like the idea of uh, cognitive testing for politicians, but I don't think 75 is where it should start. I think it starts at 35. And I think we start looking at some of the members of the House of Representatives who are prone to temper tantrums on the floor when a bill comes up that they don't agree with. So I well, that that was going to be my next point. Is we just talked about ten years old being the uh, level of the restaurant, and I wondered what you thought about seventy five. So there are some that would argue the opposite way, and they would quote a number of seventy five, eighty year olds that are as articulate as a thirty year old, and and with all the the life experience that comes with the extra fifty years. And then there are some who remember. You know, um, former presidents that weren't nearly as old as Joe Biden would be if he were to serve out a, a second term. I mean, think about it, Mike. He's going to be 80. He would be 86 at the end of the second term. But this this testing politicians over 75, that's going to sweep in Donald Trump at some point, too, is it not? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's already there. He'd have to be tested. So uh, I think that was part of the reason why Nikki Haley brought this up. It's part and yeah. parcel of what Sarah Huckabee Sanders meant when she said it's time for politics to have a new younger generation. And uh, without naming names, they certainly got everybody to think about who they were talking about. All right, Wendy, I got to shift gears. I got to make room for one more topic because I think this is a huge horizon <laughs> for new legal business for you and for everybody who's got a law degree. And it relates to our identities and it relates to the reality of something called deep fakes 
and artificial intelligence. Deep fakes are uh, video and audio fakes that actually take the words of a person and put it into video of a person, but neither those words nor that video previously existed. It's all computer generated. And every week, it seems, the technology is getting faster and faster. Well, now this AI chat function, which is everywhere you turn on the internet, is also allowing you to create artificial intelligence statements from people. And I, I played around with one, and I have to tell you, they are a little bit frightening. Let me give you just one, and I, I added a little musical interpretation to this. Uh, it would be Joe Biden promoting me on the radio in Philadelphia. Hey, Philly, it's Joey B, baby. And you're listening to Jill's favorite, Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka, the only show that's clinically proven to make humans smarter, more attractive, and better Jeopardy players. So that sounded a lot like <laughs> Joe Biden, yet he's never said that. That's a good one, but it's not even close to the best one. I took 40 seconds of Ted Cruz's voice, put it in the computer, and then wrote a script for Ted to promote me on a Philly radio station. Senator Ted here. If I was forced to leave Texas and, God forbid, have to live in Delaware, at least I could listen to Michael Pelka on WPHT. Now, that sounds like Ted Cruz, does it not? <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. He should be that, very afraid. That is very, very good. That sounded very realistic. And uh, I know that when you use these services, the terms of service say you're not going to use them to uh, mislead people, confuse people, etc., etc. It's a little unnerving, and I guarantee you, this is the one of the next big specialties in terms of law is going to be protecting not just your actual identity, but your virtual identity. Oh, I love it, Mike. Let's look for more stories along those lines. That is really trending. I have to say that's really trending. Not not the idea, but actually being able to just do it to just with a computer soundboard, you know, the, the, the tools that you have to be able to create that. I think this is great. It's going to come up again. Yes, it will. And I'll be there to ask you questions about how we either cash in on it or make sure we're not <laughs> nailed down by it. Oh, Wendy Sounds Patrick good. is her name. You should follow Wendy everywhere on social media, especially on Twitter. She's great on Twitter. She's on Facebook, too. And uh, she's on the radio, wherever I am. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Mike. 